Hello, I'm Mariette Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is how to use sexual energy transmutation for achievement and growth. My guest is sacred sexuality, mentality and spirituality educator, kinesiologist and NLP practitioner Ian Janssen van Rensburg from Centurion. Welcome Ian. Hello Marie, thank you. To our listeners, after our conversation, Ian will give us his three best tips on how to be successful as a special forces operator and then it will be fun question time. Ian, you're a retired Lieutenant Colonel and Special Forces Operator, also known as a Recce. Now this seems to be a far cry from what you do now. Absolutely, yes. Could you talk about that? Yeah. I started my career in, in the military after school and um, became a Special Forces Operator and in 1999 a front-end loader um, took me off my mountain bike and I had a serious accident with broken legs and broken hips. After that I had like a awakening because I started asking questions because I lost my life and then um, I started fixing myself and got to do with NLP, with kinesiology and actually with sacred sexuality and I found so much worth in it that how it fixed me and where I am today that it actually just became my second life and my passion. So I never grew out of my special forces mentality. And what's nice about it, even if you work now with clients, I have a very unorthodox way because where I come from to, to approach things and, and solve things on that level. So I actually integrated this like warrior side and, and more the sacred sexuality side to, to make it complete. Which is very unusual. Yes, you, you won't usually find something like that. Someone is either one thing or other thing and, mm. and I had the privilege to merge the two and be in both worlds. Mm. And a little later in the podcast I'll ask you about everything you do. So we, Perfect. Will, we will get to yeah. that. Our theme today, sexual energy transmutation, is new to me. But you've referred me to Napoleon Hill's self-help classic, Think and Grow Rich. That's correct. In chapter 11, he talks about what he calls sex transmutation. And he defines this, I quote, as the transformation of mediocrity into genius through transmutation. Now, I would like to have your definition of sexual energy transmutation. Sexual energy transmutation, I think I'm just going to um, step back to start off about what it is and how I view sexual energy, it's your life force energy. It's what you've been given at birth and, and that's when it's run out, you die. And, uh, and the whole thing is, it's a very neutral kind of energy. And he also refers in his book to that, that you can use it in four ways. So obviously the first way goes about procreation uh, to make babies. So the energy is there and then it gets used for that. 
The second one is what we call recreational sexuality, is where you use your sexuality with a partner to actually enjoy yourself and everybody else with that kind of energy. Um, the third way of transmuting this energy is to take it into, into healing. So the Taoist and the Chinese, um, Master Mantak Chia, has a very deep understanding about how to use this energy to, to, to get healed. So you can even move it into an injury if you like. So that's the third one. And then the fourth one goes about the whole transmutation. Tantra has got a lot to do with that, where they talk about connecting to a higher level or connecting to source. So what basically happens is this life force energy lies there and it's actually how you utilize it or misuse it that will create the results. And in this case, we want to transmute it into something more usable like healing or transmutation to achieve goals. Yeah, so when we usually would talk about sexual energy, we would have a very limited idea of what it is and what it could do. That's correct. Because of the how we've been taught to use it in a recreational way or in when you're in a relationship, it's it is sexual and um, you belong to each other and that's what you use it for. So that's where specifically in our culture, usually where the buck stops is with that kind of thing. And if you tell someone you can move it or use it differently, it's a, it's it's quite a something. What? How do you do that? Mm. Yes. Mm. Could you tell us more about moving it? The, the thing about moving it is that we, we think that it only happens, the energy is only there and it happens down there. But that is not totally true because um, you'll see in some of the scripts they talk about Kundalini. That's a big word these days and everybody uses it where you can actually move this energy up your spine. What we like to do obviously with it as well to move this energy generating it um, down in the genitals and then with intention and breath bring it through the chakras. And that's why you can move it into an injury or wherever you want to move it. But it's actually not just supposed to, if I may say, stay down there. Yeah. That, is, that is a very typical recreational way of looking at it. And it actually got much more potential than, than the thinking that that's where it stops. Yeah. Yes. Is that what happens during Kundalini Yoga? Very much. Um, and that's the whole thing is to, to actually get that flow open that, that you, it not only in the chakras but it actually flows through the spine up and down mm. and, and a lot of people work to attain that kind, kind of energy so that is typically what we use and a lot of people talk about opening the kundalini so um, there's a whole lot of methods and viewpoints around that but it pretty much explains it yes mm. For those who are not familiar with the term chakras, would you just explain that, please? Um, that's uh, also a yogic term, and um, it's very big in the Reiki circles where they talk about that. There's seven energy centers, and each of these energy centers, there's one between your legs, underneath your navel, on your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, um, between your eyes, and then your crown and on top. And 
each of this chakra actually has a function. If you and you can go read up upon it, what it what happens if it's like moving and open and flowing, and what happens if you get stuck in one of them and it's not doing its job. So that is just a, a terminology which you will find, and um, we we do a lot of work around that as well to to activate it and to actually get yourself in balance. I'd like to know which goals can be reached when one knows how to transmute sexual energy into what Napoleon Hill calls energy of a higher order. Yeah, the best way of actually explaining it is um, a lot of people knows about the law of attraction so and, and a lot of people read about it a lot of people use it with success and other goes like no it's not working so what you can do sexual energy is actually a rocket booster for the law of attraction if we can give it in that kind of terms so whenever you want a new job attract a new partner or want something in your life um, we from a sacred sexual healing side we practice sex magic or if you want to use um, napoleon hill's terminology sex transmutation around that so there's a specific ritual or way of using it and to answer you is so if you want to attract the next new partner you set the goal and then there's a few things which happening where you actually infuse your goal with this kind of energy like the sexual energy so that is where it comes from so literally any desire you have you can infuse with that energy to to actually create the result mm -hmm. you talked about sex magic and i saw that on your i don't know if it was on your website or wherever i saw it and i see it is spelled m-a-g-i-c-k yes could you talk more about that or is that something which, which is only explained when someone comes for sessions how can I say this? Um, there's a guy called Alistair Crowley, and, and a lot of people don't like Alistair Crowley for a lot of reasons. Um, he started to use the K um, at the back for many reasons, because it um, numerology-wise, it makes sense to put the K behind. It also, um, sometimes people will tell you that it's a representation of female energy. And that's why you'll see a lot of times if there's like sexual energy involved, um, the spelling actually goes to, to the K, but it's very familiar and you can go read up on Google around Alistair Crowley and how he uses it and how he aligns it with planets, but it's very esoteric. Mm. So that mm. is the, the reason for, for the K from my side around mm. that. Napoleon Hill writes, the men of greatest achievement are men with highly developed sex natures, men who have learned the art of sex transmutation. Now, apart from the fact that he's just talking about men, <laughs> we won't comment on that. I suppose that's his period of time. Yes. And then he says that every genius that ever lived knew how to apply this art. How do you view the question of genius? That is a very interesting one. And um, I, I, I will give you my viewpoint around that. If you look at the mind, the, the mind consists, um, if you, there's a lot of people who follow Sadhguru. He has a thing that the mind consists out of four, um, let's call it characteristics. So the first thing is you, you have an identity. 
And then because of the identity, you have an intellect. And because of the intellect, there's memory. So anything you do or want to recreate, you go into your identity as a kinesiologist or as a soldier. Then because of that, you have a certain intellect. You use your intellect in your memory. But the problem is you're actually recreating what is already created through memory. And then there's a fourth thing he talks about intelligence. And that's like a connection to source or God. And this whole thing around genius is when you have the ability to leave the identity and your intellect and your memory behind, you tap into something totally different and sexual energy has the way to actually get you there. And, that explains it very well. And as soon as you do that, you, you connect it to something else and that's where something really new come from. Mm. Not old or different, I'm talking about new. So to answer you again is the whole thing around genius, that's where you become genius. When you're actually not taking someone else's stuff, but you, you're creating something new. And, and for me, that is what happens if you have the ability to tap into intelligence or into genius via your sexual energy is, is typically a way we would or I would use. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense because after I'd read this chapter by Napoleon Hill, he hints at that, but he doesn't really explain it so succinctly. Yes. And, and, and I think he is, he, he's most probably very well trained in Tantra, but because of the book and how he wrote it, it it's quite difficult maybe to, to present it like that for judgment and, and cultural and actually worldviews um, would blatantly judge it. Yes. So that was a very subtle way of actually <laughs> saying something and not saying something so that you can make your deductions and actually go further. But, but that's the thing for me around the genius. Yeah, it must have been hard those days to go <laughs> further without the internet. Yeah. You've been talking about Tantra. Could you give us a de definition of that? Tantra, there's a lot of definitions. So the whole thing for me is basically where you use sexu sexuality to, to get to enlightenment. And that's why I enjoy um, Osho, another guy, he talks about Tantra first turn you on, then it turns you in, and then it turns you beyond by transmuting. So there's a lot of definitions and a lot of people can read it up on the internet. But the main thing for me about is to, to actually use sexual energy, if you want to call, for your own growth or enlightenment. Yeah, so... Yeah. Am I correct in saying that you that the transmutation of sexual energy could then be used for growth or enlightenment or for achieving certain goals? Absolutely. And like we said, we can even go as far to say you can heal with it and you can transmute with it. So mm -hmm. that is how this package actually comes mm -hmm. together rather than staying in a recreational field with it. Mm. So now we've heard a lot about what we can do with it. But Napoleon Hill, as you said, never said how to do it because he wouldn't get published <laughs> in those days. Yeah. So could you give us a more practical view of how this can be achieved? Yes. I studied um, through International School of Temple Arts, um, studied sacred sexuality. 
And obviously, um, I, I spoke about um, sex magic. And um, with all the knowledge and what I've done, I actually created the seven-step process to, to enhance this. But the main thing is to actually get to a point in what I call spirit sex magic. So spirit is just an acronym. So when you want to transmute this energy or have this arousal or desire, you, you need to start off by looking about how this arousal works. So a big thing around the arousal is it brings positive, if I say, um, hormones into the system. So there's dopamine and, um, like serotonin and all of that hormones there. If you negatively arouse and you get angry, there's a lot of adrenaline and cortisol. So the whole main thing around the sexual transmutation is to arouse differently. And then to, to make his, his stuff works is we first start, uh, if we use spirit as an acronym, you start off with the S to make your place you work in sacred, holy, or something different than mundane. Then when you get to the P, I call it plan, you actually go and say your goal. You say, I want a higher paying or a new job. And you actually say that. And what happens as soon as you say that, we, we usually ask the questions, what fears, doubts and concerns arise? And then someone goes like, but I have a new job, um, I might work longer hours and I'm not going to see my child or my boyfriend or my girlfriend. Or when I have this job, I might be able to do X, Y and Z, but I cannot um, follow my recreation or my hobby. So what happens is actually these counter intentions you set out just now by saying you want a new higher or better paying job. And then we talk about that till you get to a point where there is no fear, doubts and concerns. So we have a way of questioning and talking about it in the ritual so that you can go and realize like, oh, that's actually not a problem. If I use my weekends like that, I will have time. And then you get to a point where you can go, oh, great. I can achieve this goal. So then only can you move on because if there's any fears, doubts or concerns about anything you want to achieve, even if you want to buy a new car, but you don't know how you're going to uh, pay the insurance, there's a counter intention to that. And that's usually what makes people unsuccessful is all this counter intention. So we chat about it till we can get to a point where we go like, okay, I can do this. So with that, you're at the eye of spirit, and that goes about initiating. We spoke about the chakras. So the whole idea is to actually go with breath and a whole lot of techniques to open up and activate yourself. And like we say in kinesiology, get you in balance. So that would be body work. That would be typically body work, intention work, breath work. We can even do kinesiology there to get you in a balanced state. So as soon as you're in that balanced state, then you can go over into the, the, the more sexual side where you can make use of um, movement, you can make use of self-love, you can actually have sacred union with your partner. And there's a whole lot of ways to actually evoke now the sexual energy and move it. 
and where the magic comes is when that energy really becomes like orgasmic and strong to move it up to your third eye where you actually have your intention of this new goal, new partner, new job and you infuse this energy with your intention. So that would typically be the reproductive side of spirit. Then with the eye, we need to go and imprint this. So what usually happens, a lot of people bolt beautiful ideas about um, how it should be and how they're going to do this, but they don't bring it back into reality. So what we usually do from there is with breath to bring that intention all the way back into your body and ground it to go like, it's mine, I, I lock it up. So that is what we do with that. And then the T stands for task. So um, the, a lot of people always have, a, if you may say, a joke to say God doesn't have hands. Okay, so we've done all this work, but now you have to go to work. And in that state, we talk about in that where the sexual energy moves, where the transmutation works, where this genius is, what needs to happen. And, and that's where the idea spark. That's where someone go, oh, I know a friend. I need to speak to that one. Um, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z. And then by, by getting these ideas in that state, you actually get to go to task. And once you have your task going, then you can go and exit the ritual and, and the transmutation, and, and then you let it happen. So that is a typically way which he did not explain how to use this energy in this way. And then it, what it initiates is typically your imagination, as he says in the book, um, your courage. It triggers your willpower. Then there's suddenly a thing of I'm persistent because I know now I can get this because there ain't any. Um, like counter intentions towards this goal and, and then this whole creativity and ability comes out and you become that genius. So that is a typical way I would go about. So you've transformed it into a logical process. Yes. Which, which you teach. And, and what is very interesting in the military, um, there's a, a model, they call it the P model, the planning model, where they give you a tasking and you have to analyze this task. Then you have to uh, take factors in consideration like terrain, enemy, your own forces, who's with you and not. You, you actually analyze all of that with fact deduction conclusion. Then you get to a point where you have three plans. You play the three plans, you make one and you go execute it. And the resemblance between the sex magic or transmutation and what the military does is, is quite striking. It's, it's actually the same process. Mm -hmm. Have you had clients that you taught this to who, who got wonderful results? Are there a couple of examples you could recall? Absolutely. And what, what the, what's the most interesting is I mentioned the seven steps. So I'll, I'll just quickly to answer you, what we do in the seven steps is we teach someone to, to actually get into a fixed mindset and to be able not to judge yourself. Then from there you teach someone to go and say, but how does my yes look? How does my no look? Can I have a positive no and can I negotiate? 
then we talk about activating this um, sexual energy. And then once you activate it, we all have our little glitches and negativity in us. We also, in sacred sexuality, have things like hand screaming and somatic work to get rid of things which is not supposed to be with you. What is hand screaming? So in uh, what you do, if I'm frustrated now with you um, and... I cannot talk to you and it's actually blocking my energy. We have a rule that if I scream, I will hurt my voice. So what we do, if I have this frustration, I would like typically put my hands over my mouth and nose and not locking my mouth. And if I may, you can just go like, and you shout in your hands. And what happens, you'll see the frustration shifts. And then you get to a point where you can go like, okay, frustration moved. I can talk to you now. So there's a whole lot of techniques we teach that you don't walk with resentment, frustration, previous hurt against the partner. We just move it with, with physically with energy like hand screaming, um, throwing a tantrum like a two-year-old on a mattress <laughs> um, helps a lot. Um, we, we hit pillows, but the main thing is if you want to do it, the rule is you don't injure yourself or someone else in the process, but it's a beautiful way of moving stagnant energy which sits in the body because that also blocks your flow of your sexual energy. So when we're done with that, we talk about a bit of communication and also keeping your balance. And what happens is as soon to answer your question is as soon as that stuff starts working in your life and you do the sex magic, you, you actually change your way of thinking, you change your vibration. And a lot of times a new partner pops from nowhere, a new love that is typically not like the old one because of the pattern shift um, there's somebody totally like more into your taste that comes into your life do you have couples who come together for this training yes um, i'm currently busy working with a couple who's engaged to getting married so we actually, I'm so blessed because now from the start, we can talk about how do you set the mutual goal up? How do you need to work with each other? How do you hold space for each other? How do you get into a fixed mindset and not actually blaming each other if something goes wrong? So partners comes and even people who have like marital problems comes to say like, we don't do therapy around it. Let's give you a new skill. So a, a big thing, uh, success is with the sex magic is to bring in a partner. Um, even if you want a new job, I have several um, examples of people who wanted to move from one job to another. They do the work and, and then from there it shifts. Even someone who wants to bring in something new into their life, like a car or something, um, doing the work actually opens up the energy. So you have a practical way to help people manifest, Absolutely. if we can put it like that. Yeah, and the key, the, the main key is to, to say what you want and then actually realize, because that's the biggest problem, what's this, all of this counter intentions? Because if that goes and you merge it with the high vibrational sexual energy, um, success is, is like on your doorstep. Mm -hmm. May I share something with you? Please. Um, a lady who did the course with me didn't really have an outcome. 
and I wanted to teach her the sex magic ritual. And at that stage, I um, had the BMW um, Adventure motorcycle, and I love cafe races. What are those? Um, that is like the old 60s style bikes. So what the BMW makes a brand new bike, but it looks like if it comes from the 70s. And uh, I told them, let's manifest a bike. So that was the thing. So I used it as an example where I went and manifest a cafe racer for me. <laughs> so I did the work and it was actually as a joke for her to, to, to see how it works. The next morning on Instagram or Facebook, I saw one of my friends selling a helmet. And, and, and I contact him and I go like, I see you've got this helmet. And he go like, why would you have a, want a helmet like that? You're riding an adventure. And I go like, no, um, I, I, I'm actually looking, buying a cafe race. And he goes, just stand by, I'll send you a guy's number. He's selling his. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And, and the next moment I have a telephone number of a guy who's selling his R19 Urban GS. And I phoned him and he goes like, yes, it's available. And I go like, oh, shucks. <laughs> you know, like um, there's, a, there's a few things not in place. But immediately, the, the, and, and that's, that was a typical example out of what a lot of people would tell you, be careful what you ask for. Yes. And, so and your task came a little quicker than it, you it thought. It came very quick. So and, and then later on, um, there was a fear, doubt, and concern because of I love my aluminium boxes on my bike. And then, what was it? Six months later, um, the bike outside standing here had leather bags. And then my fears, doubts, concerns was out, and I actually got myself uh, a cafe racer. So that is that is just like a joke and mm -hmm. an example mm -hmm. about how quickly things can happen if you open up the energy. And what I like about it, if couples come, I suppose it changes their relationship hugely. Absolutely, because they just don't, most probably they have ch children already, so the procreational side is out, and suddenly it's not recreational anymore, because suddenly there's a way of, oh, we can connect to each other on a deeper, a deeper level, we can, we can actually assist each other in transmuting and moving, so it opens up a beautiful way of actually exploring sexuality in a total different way by, by using these methods. And you mentioned enlightenment. Would you explain how you view that and uh, the role it, it plays in the sex magic process? Enlightenment is a difficult one. And what it goes about me is I, I prefer to talk about waking up. And for me, it's waking up to yourself to, to see where you are. And I, I always talk about... Um, that you actually discover your true being. And that's uh, what I always talk about my clients is sometimes you get sniffer dogs on our tambo, but, but you cannot take a pit bull and make him a sniffer dog. Yes. And what happens with us, a lot of times we are pit bulls sniffing on our tambo and then we bite a tourist and we're in trouble because our true being is not a sniffer dog. And for me to come back to the enlightenment, as soon as you actually realize, but, oh, this is actually who I really am. And there's a guy, he, he made another example about the circus lion. 
you know, and then it's Peter the circus lion and he's got a personality and he jumps through hoops and everybody loves him and then he bites his handler or kill it and then everybody's angry because how could he? But his true being, he stays a lion. And this enlightenment is to actually discover who you really are and not the personality people gave you, religion gave you, your parents gave you, and you have to comply by that. Yeah. So I like that it, it makes it sound more attainable than you know what people sometimes have such a vague concept of yes. enlightenment. It sounds like something in yeah. the clouds. Yeah, you sniff incense and make a humming sound <laughs> and then something <laughs> must happen. So, so um, and that's the thing for me because if you're waking up to that reality, it's like you can actually come back to your own and, and, and just be who you were created for. Yes, and I think that once again shows your background as a Reiki, which is practical and um, it's it's not... It's not woo-woo, no. it's quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the ability and that's the nice thing because even in the sacred sexuality, there's a lot of the terminology and in NLP which can make it woo-woo. And the whole idea is to actually take it and, and make it useful that you can use it um, in your relationships and even in your daily life. And, and once you get that... I think there's a, there's a big burden of to, to just be yourself. And, and, and that brings, like I said, a kind of enlightenment for me. So that's how I view it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you have a program called Unity, which is spelled Y-O-U-N-I-T-Y, yes. uh, where you teach this art. Yes. Please tell us about that. Um, I already um, started describing it. So the whole idea is um, to learn something new. Because if you want to get good at something, you need to understand things. So what we've done with the program is we went to say, okay, we want to do this, this sex magic or transmutation and, and live in a total new or different way. Now the thing is, how do you do it? So the, the program actually consists, I'm, I'm a big polymath, and what polymath means to me is that you, you're good at a, a few things, and that's why you see the kinesiology, and, and I have a wide skill set, and a lot of people talk about that you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. Um, we don't believe in that. So the thing is, and we're jack of all trades, but we're quite master in, in, in most of them. And to just explain that before the, the explaining the program is like, if you look at a special forces team, how we work or how we've been trained, all of us are similarly qualified. So you can do your parachuting, you can do your survival, you, you have fighting skills, you have all of this. But what happens if there's a specific task, you, you take your best sniper. Um, if something needs to get blown up, we all are demolitions qualified, but there's someone who's a specialist demolition person. Um, nobody likes the medic, but we even have specialized, I'm one of them, uh, specialized medic, because if things goes wrong, do they call first the medic? So there's a specialized medic. 
So this team actually for the task um, got a mix together of specialists. And actually in your body, you're actually the special forces unit. So that's why you need different skill sets to actually attain something. And what the program does, it's written with um, sacred sexuality principles. It's also written with a book called The Kabbalion, which is, was written in the early 1900s, by, um, goes about hermetics and the seven laws, and also about a kinesiology, Dr. Hawkins, who, who used power versus force. So what I've done is I've used the principles and brought it together that it makes a sensible program that you can learn something new, achieve something new. So that is what the program goes about. And are you the only person who offers this program? Currently, um, I developed the program actually over 10 years by playing and going around. And then my belly dance teacher, um, Zelmi Abbasaid note, we, we started working together and I also belly dance. And um, she actually had a look at this program and go like, why is this not out? And I was like, well, I present it in this way and that way. And she would go like, no, no, no. And she actually blew life into the program by saying, let's get this going. So to answer you, we currently, um, it's um, me and she does a whole lot of unities. And what also, um, 10 years sounds like a lot of time, but what happens if you look at sacred sexuality, there's a lot of body work. Um, which is involved in this and because of our culture someone would go like oh so you're going to massage me you cannot do this I'm married and there's a whole lot of things going on so that prevented me for a very long time to, to actually get the word out and then with the kinesiology and with the belly dance we started a thing called KIM kinesiology isolation movement where we took belly dance principles and kinesiology and merged it so how we present the program is we have the, the subjects, but when it comes to the somatic work to really understand the work, you can do the body work to your comfort. And if you're not interested in that, we can do the same with kinesiology or then with the movement. And that's how um, Zalmia came on board. So we currently too actually practicing and teaching the program. Okay, so she works one-on-one -on -one and you work one-on-one -on -one teaching yes. this program. Yes. So people will either go to her or to you. Absolutely. And yes. if they are not um, comfortable with body work like massage, then they can do it in another way. Absolutely. Then we can use a kinesiology session to do the balance or we can actually move to, to get the same kind of balance. So it's not a prerequisite that if you don't do the naked work, you, you're not welcome. Mm. And, and that's what prevented us for a very long time to actually get the word out. And now, because of certain beliefs and values, you cannot get the word out. Yes. So that is why the program is even written in that way, to make sure that you still get the information and the benefit, depending on what, what your boundaries are and how you want to experience the program. Excellent. Yeah. I think it's very mm. good that mm. you did yeah. that. Where can listeners find more information about this work? Um, I've got my website, theconfidant.co.za, and also Amorous, 
www.ctc.co.za um, is the two websites where they can do this. And obviously what we usually do, we work a lot of word of mouth. So if someone contacts us, we explain the process and the seven-step process and how it works. And then we actually start the, the journey and why we also wrote Unity, you mentioned it with a why, is to put claim on the you. Because at the end of the day, it goes about how you manage yourself, that you can work with other people, that you don't have a dependency. If, if you're not nice to me, I cannot, cannot be nice. And that is just where the name comes from. But the two websites, and obviously contact me on WhatsApp, um, would do the job as well. Yes, I will link the, I will attach the links to the two websites to this podcast. Or otherwise, if people go to my website where this, where this episode will also be featured, they can just put Ian into the search function and then they will get to a place where they can find your telephone number to WhatsApp. Could you please give us your three best tips on how to be successful as a special forces operator? First thing for me is to have a well-defined outcome or goal. That's the first one. The second one is to support that with a good motivation about why do you want to do this? And then the magic lies in the third one is to create a necessity, a need. Because that need doesn't even need to be positive. It just needs to be something which you go like, there's no other way I need to achieve my goal. And once you find that necessity, it will support the motivation because motivation alone won't do the job. So to summarize it, you get a really good um, outcome. You, you say why with your motivation. You really find like a badass necessity. You put it in and then you go to task. Thank you, Ian. Can I ask you a fun question? Absolutely. Now we're going to the realm of the imagination. If you could be the wind for an hour or a day, where on our planet would you like to blow? Oh my goodness. That is a fun question. I love the wind. <laughs> and I would like to blow to a place where people live in love and power and freedom. Mm, I like that. So thank you, Ian, for clarifying this very interesting subject. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, it was good of you to join us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in upping your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneiman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. 
Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneijman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.